All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that will teach you how to do exactly that. And now, let's jump into the episode. Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Authors Unite show. Today I got Sean Boucher with us, so welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Tyler. Of course, grateful to have you on. So, uh, first thing to kick us off, can you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do? Absolutely. So, I am a chef by trade. Uh, My background is as a chef for the past 25 years, and I've moved more so out of the kitchen day to day and into consulting. So I'm a a full-time consultant for primarily healthcare, but also some private uh, restaurants and hotels and grocery stores. Got kind of a broad range of clients that I work with. I also have written a couple of books. I'm the author of the First Timers Cookbook and Bake Book, as well as uh, my new book, Food People Management. And, live in Albuquerque, New Mexico and travel the world and love what I do. Love it. Okay. So tell us about the, the book writing process. A lot of our listeners are authors. So um, how did you write? You said you have a couple books, right? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, I've got, so I've got uh, a couple of books. They started out actually as three. And then what I did is I combined the two uh, cookbooks. So it started out as the first timers cookbook. And then a few years later, I wrote the First Timers Bake Book and realized that they probably needed to be one volume. So I combined the two after we sold out of our uh, first couple of runs. And so technically now I have the First Timers Cookbook and Bake Book and then my new management book, Food People Management. Gotcha. Okay. And how did you get into being a chef? Well, (laughs) that's a good question. So when I was starting out, um, kind of thinking about what I wanted to do as a career, uh, I was taking all the art classes that I could because I really like to create things. I like to make things with my hands and step back and say, man, I made that. That's awesome. And so I really wanted to be an artist of some sort. I didn't really know what that meant at that time or what my medium was going to be, but I wanted to be an artist. And at the time, my uh, high school guidance counselor said, you know, you ought to, you ought to go up and take some classes from the trade college because basically you get high school credit and college credit and we pay for it. And I thought, well, sure. Yeah, I'll check it out. So he gave me this catalog. It said culinary arts in there. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to be doing watermelon carvings and ice sculptures and <laughs> nothing could have been further from the truth. I got in there the first day and my instructor was like, all right, lunch for 200 people in the next couple hours, let's go. And I just thought, what did I get myself into? But I ended up sticking with it. Um, It was kind of fortuitous at the time. I was able to get in with uh, an arena in the Salt Lake City area where the Utah Jazz play and was able to get a job there because it was during the time of the first NBA lockout. And so basically all all the cooks that were supposed to be working there had gone on and got other jobs and other opportunities while they were waiting for everybody to make a decision. So the chef there was like, if you can breathe, I will hire you. So I got in there and uh, 
made a lot of mistakes, cut the tip of my finger off the for my first day, spilled hot turkey juice on me, had a knife drop in my foot all within like the first half hour. And chef comes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chef comes to me and he's like, dude, you're not going to survive. Just, just go home. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I said, no, chef, I can do it. I can do it. And you know, here I am 20 plus years later. So, um, so it ended up working out okay for me. So, okay. So the injuries are, are any of them lifelong? Like how's the finger doing? Oh, it's still slanted. I've, I've still, <laughs> still missing a chunk. <laughs> Dude, that is so cool. I mean, and then the foot, is the foot okay? Foot's okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, you can almost barely see that one. Um, okay. And that one was just, I mean, that really was purely by accident. We had this guy named Big Bill who you just, you couldn't get around him and he bumped the table and, you know, it was my third injury of the day and it just went tip down into my foot. And I mean, you, you couldn't write something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, for that all to happen so quickly. <laughs> it's so wild. <laughs> yeah it was pretty crazy so for being a chef right like what is if somebody else wanted to be a chef like what what would you say like what's like kind of uh some starting points like how, how do you become a successful quote unquote because i think like successful i mean that then kind of means a lot of different things you know like my mom is not necessarily a chef but she's an amazing cook and she she doesn't desire to like make money from it but just like cook meals for the family so right. I guess, um, but if you wanted to go the route of being, you know, like a chef, kind of like you are, then like, um, how do you kind of get to that point? Well, it's a good question. You know, I actually get that question a lot because, you know, in the mid nineties with the advent of the food network, all of a sudden the whole food industry really changed. It became this like, man, chefs went from being the Wizard of Oz, where no one really cared what was going on behind the curtain to these rock stars that were front and center and had entire cooking lines and TV shows. And, and you know, the change really came, um, you know, as, as the Food Network came online and all the other, uh, you know, the internet and, and being able to have access to all the information and being more educated, people became more educated. But the problem was, is they only saw the glamorous side of things too. They didn't see the kitchen is a brigade system where you have to get in at the bottom and kind of work your way up. And a lot of schools at the time, uh, in particular for-profit culinary schools, really kind of took advantage of that. Um, you know, one of, one of the, the previous administrations uh, really tried to make it easier to get student loans uh, when when kind of the crash in 2008 happened and these for-profit institutions kind of tried to capitalize off that. And so people were spending $100,000 to become a cook, become a chef. And, you know, you can't spend as much <laughs> becoming a chef as you do to become a doctor and expect to to have the same rewards. You, you still have to get out and, you know, work your way up and start in the dish room and start as a prep cook and and kind of work your way up. And so a lot of people really saw that. And I, I unfortunately was kind of part of that for, for the time being. I was a culinary instructor at a, at a for-profit culinary school. And I saw kind of the firsthand, some of the downfalls of that. And so it really led me to where, where my opinion is now. And that is get in and get your feet wet somewhere, whether that is 
as a busser, as a server, um, working the drive-through at a, at a QSR restaurant or a quick serve restaurant, like get in and figure out if the pace, the pay, the mentality, like, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things that people don't really see. They see, you know, Bobby Flay and they see Emerald and, and, you know, they see these chefs on TV and they don't see what it's taken to get there. And so a lot of them would go into these culinary schools and spend these huge amounts of money and then get out and realize that, oh man, that's, this really isn't what I want to do. And so I, I always tell people, get in, kind of get your feet wet, see if it's really what you want to do, and then go to a trade college. Go somewhere where you're going to spend two dollars $3,000 on a basic education and really get your feet wet again, just making sure that that's something you want to do. And then, you know, continue to work your way up. And if, if you decide that that's what you want to do after a year or a couple of years, then absolutely go spend the money for that culinary school because at that point, you know, that's what you want to do, but don't go spend all this money on a culinary school. If you don't know that's what you want to do, because I've seen more, more than a lot of people get into that boat where they spend all this money and then they realize it's not what they want to do. And now they're stuck with all these student loans and a degree they can't really do anything with. Got it. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm familiar with both of those chefs. You said Bobby Flay, his show is pretty good. <laughs> I like his show on the food. Yeah. He's, he's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. That, he's fun to watch that show. Beat Bobby Flay. I think that's what it's called. Um, and then Emerald Lagasse, actually, when I was, when I was younger, I remember him because of his, he used to do the bang, right? Something like that. Yeah, bam. Or bam, sorry, bam, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I remember, we had in our in our house growing up, we had his hot sauce, and that hot sauce, and we'd like put it on everything. It was so cool. Um, so okay, so then like where I, I guess it is where Bobby Flay is and Emerald Lagasse is that kind of uh, and like Gordon Ramsay, let's say, and he kind of went even almost a different route with his shows, more like fixing up restaurants. But like, is that like the pinnacle? Is that like the top at where they are? Or is it, or is it like maybe being a chef at like a, a five-star restaurant? Or I guess it depends on what you want, right? Well, yeah, I, I think you hit it right on the head. It really depends on what you want. And everybody's going to define success, uh, success differently. They're going to, they're going to want different things. They're going to have different paths to travel. I think, you know, if you're looking to make millions of dollars and become a household name, then absolutely the Bobby Flays and Emeralds and Gordon Ramsay's and Wolfgang Pucks. I mean, those, those are household names that people know and recognize. And those guys make tens of millions of dollars every year. And that's, you know, good for them. There's a lot of people that would love to do that. They were in the right place at the right time a lot of, in a lot of cases, but they also really, really paid their dues. You know, they've all got their own restaurants. They've all kind of taken some risks and, uh, and put themselves in positions to where, you know, where they can be successful. And it just is one of those things where, you know, some people might define success as being able to make a, make a decent living for their family, you know, or some people might define success as, winning all these accolades and, you know, three Michelin stars and, and all these different kind of honors. And that's great. But again, it just really comes down to you as an individual and, and what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So on that note, what, what's kind of your, if you will, end goal with, with this? Well, you know, the reason I got into writing and the reason I got into consulting 
was for one, I'm very passionate about education. That's something that I really, really enjoy and something I've always kind of gravitated towards. But two, it was kind of out of necessity too, because at 29 years old, I had been in this business at that point for about 15 years. And my my body was just starting to tell me to stop. My knees hurt, my my elbows and, and wrists hurt, uh, you know, started the beginnings of carpal tunnel. Every chef I knew um, had to have all these knee replacement surgeries and back surgeries. And at 29, I had to have a back surgery. And it just just really changed things for me because I was no longer able to do these 10, 12, 14 hour days on my feet. I was going to have to find a different way to make a living. I was still very passionate about food and really wanted to be part of that. But I just, I had to recreate myself. I had to rebrand. I had to kind of take a step back and start over. And, uh, and that was what I did, but I just went in a direction that I was already kind of passionate about. And so success for me now, um, is probably a little bit differently defined than it was when I first started out. You know, you start out, you kind of aspire to the, uh, the TV shows and the high profile positions and the awards. And then over time you start to realize, you know, after you do a few TV appearances and after you win a few awards, you kind of, it's very fleeting. Um, And so you realize that you kind of just have to focus on what you're passionate about and you, and you have to kind of just follow your, your heart and your path um, as far as what's going to work for you. So for me, my definition of definition of success right now is being able to make a living for my family, but also being able to spend a lot of time with them. And so luckily I'm in a position where I kind of, it's kind of all or nothing. When I'm on the road, I'm, I'm working like crazy. I mean, 60, 70 hours a week still, it's a little different now because a lot of, a lot of what I do is, is writing um, for different blogs and articles and associations. But I also, you know, spend my time consulting and doing a lot of the, the homework for my clients. But the reason I do that is that once I'm home, I can totally kind of unplug and I can be totally focused on my family and I can be totally in the moment with them and not be worrying about somebody calling out sick or a water heater breaking or somebody stealing the safe or, you know, what all these different issues I've had to deal with over time that have kind of mentally taken me away. And so that's kind of where I'm at in my career and, and why I've kind of chose to do what I do. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, dude, this was a really cool interview and like just different expected uh, uh, perspective. I haven't really, I don't think I've spoken. I don't think I've interviewed another chef. So this is pretty cool, man. <laughs> hey, well, I'm, I'll take that. Yeah, dude, you're the first chef. Um, so, well, listen, thanks for coming on the show. The last one I have for you, for anybody interested in your books, where can they get those? And then if they want to connect with you personally, where's the best place for that? You know, that's a great question. So I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, books, I would check out either Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Um, I've The Food People Management actually just was released on Audible, which I'm really excited about. That was a fun one to do. I also host a podcast called The Business Chef Podcast. So uh, feel free to tune into that if you're interested in making food and money, uh, which is kind of our tagline. Uh, you can also find us over at Make Food Make Money on either Instagram or Facebook. Um, I'm at Chef Sean B on Twitter, uh, Chef Sean Boucher on LinkedIn, 
And uh, yeah, I, I welcome people reaching out. I love to be able to connect and, and help people any way that I can. I get a lot of people that will say, hey, you know, do you have any free advice? And so just this past week, I've had that same question. How do I get started in the culinary industry? Um, you know, I want to start raising rabbits. I want to learn to become a beekeeper. And, you know, so whenever people reach out, I'm more than happy to give them whatever, whatever knowledge I have and point them in any directions or make any connections as possible. Perfect, man. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun.